the UK finally leaves the European Union. Trump is making moves in Iowa. And Joe Biden tells people not to vote for him. I'm Chandler. This is the Matt and Chan Show. America. Chan, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great, Matt. Uh, it's uh, great to be here talking about the news cycle and just, you know, going through uh, what happened this last week. So yeah, what do you want to get into first? Yes, sir. Um, let's get into Carry the Love Fresno. It's going down at Fresno State tonight at seven o'clock on campus. Um, this is an uprising of college students, a grassroots movement of Christianity here in the United States. They go over 3,000 college campuses a year. They go out and they spread the love of Jesus through worship. It's a really great thing. So I'm really excited to go tonight. Chandler, you're also going tonight? Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I know you went to an event last night um, by Carry the Love. How, how was that? What did they do there? Um, what was the environment like? Um, yeah. I guess, yeah, first off, I just want to give a shout out to Adam Crumpy. He's made a big movement on FPU's campus and here in Fresno specifically. It was a great event. There was probably about 50 people, 50, 60 people that went last night. It was a really good turnout. That's awesome. Yeah. Fresno Pacific has a hard time getting turnouts like that. So that might sound like a small number, but that's really great for FPU. Yeah. Adam's just done a really good job of just getting people mobilized for Jesus. And it's going to start, it starts here at Fresno Pacific and Fresno State and our generation to get something started and something rolling here in Fresno. Cause there's a, there's a movement here in Fresno and it's, there's a little bit of a rumbling right now, and, and each year it just gets stronger and stronger. Absolutely, yeah. It, it's really important, I think, to have um, godly young people, you know, our age and a little bit younger, a little bit older in terms of, like, continuing on um, the, the message of the gospel and of uh, Christ's love and, and Christian's love for each other and for the world. So, yeah, um, that I'm really looking forward to going to the event tonight with Carry the Love. Yeah, it's going to be really special. Met a lot of great guys last night that are just on tour right now, just around the country and going to college campuses and doing healing and seeing people saved. It's it's really it's really an awesome event. Yeah, that's great. Um, let's get into actually let's let's um let's talk about the coronavirus. Okay, yeah, let's jump into that. Um uh, I know the World Health Organization declared this a uh, global health crisis am i getting that right yes um yep world health organization declared an outbreak a global emergency yep so that's um reported by bbc yeah yes, so now um there have been 213 people that have died in china and now there's over 10,000 cases of the virus and now we have one in the uk and now in the united states and even one here in fresno yeah that's what i heard and and yeah that's Pretty scary. I think it's still maybe blown a little bit out of proportion. You know, the uh, influenza is killed significantly more than it seems like the coronavirus will kill. That was in 2019. And, uh, but it's still something to keep an eye on because it is a, a novel virus. And yeah, should everybody should be careful and uh, yeah, try to avoid getting sick. Yeah, that's it's a big thing. And so according to Fox 26 News, 
They said about 30 minutes from Fresno, there was two confirmed cases. So it's moving around the world quite rapidly. We have one case in Washington, Illinois, and Arizona. Yeah, that's scary. Yeah, I'm. It's a lot of people are blowing. There's a lot of misinformation being put out about this as well, as well as the memes that have been put out about the coronavirus. Um, yeah, I just it's a it's a serious a serious issue, and I and even this morning Italy declared a state of emergency in their country. So it's it's something that we'll have to look and be very good at being preventative about certain things like this. And and I know it originated from the marketplace, so mm-hmm. being able to offer preventative care in countries like this and so it doesn't spread absolutely yeah and and like we mentioned last week you know china needing to take responsibility with uh the um, their own health issues and not trying to cover things up like this coronavirus um so yeah hopefully this leads to some more responsibility by different nations across the the globe and hopefully uh yeah, Western medicine can be used pretty effectively to contain this and then find some sort of treatment. Yeah. So it's just, I think it'll be something we have to look at even for the future of whatever we, we figure out what the coronavirus is specifically. And, and we're still trying to figure out why it's spreading so rapidly. And yeah, it just needs to be, it's a, it's a big issue. For sure. Um, staying on the global stage for a little bit, we want to talk, uh, Brexit and that finally happening. Britain's out of the European Union. Thoughts on that? It's a big day in the world. UK finally gets to leave the European Union. There will be an 11-month transfer period where they have to change some things within the UK and kind of separate itself from the European Union. Yeah, sure. That and, and you know that's a small price to pay for uh, finally getting uh, what the British people have been looking for for a long time: strong leadership with Boris Johnson. And yeah, I I think it seems like a good thing. Uh, you want to talk maybe a little bit more about the European Union and why Britain would want to leave? So the big thing that European Union did for the UK is it offered many benefits about being connected and inner trade and all being under the euro. And now this gives them the ability to independently run as a country again, make their own decisions, their own trade deals, and they don't have to get things approved through the European Union, and they don't have to be under the euro specifically. And a lot of people were skeptical about the the euro and it staying stable um, on the price point and, and just different things like immigration. This is a big globalist movement, and people want to expand and open borders and these very radical changes, even here in the United States, Canada, Mexico, what a world would look like without borders. For sure. Yeah, it, it's it's a weird time to, yeah, where there's like this decrease in nationalism, uh, or there has been this decrease in nationalism, but with leaders like uh, President Trump and Prime Minister Boris Johnson, it seems like there's a move, at least from powerful countries, back towards nationalism. And that seems like a good trend. Yeah, and you even saw at um, the United Nations Trump speaking about being patriots for our own our own countries and being able to not be a world of globalists. People keep spreading this globalist agenda, and really it's all about being well across the board, your own country, and building it up economically. It's not about combining. It, it is good. It, it creates peace, and there's less conflict. 
Europe hasn't had any major conflict since 1945. So having things like this have helped avoid conflict, but also there needs, there needs to be a time for a country to step up and be able to run itself and be able to not have as many restrictions, which you need to have for a stable economy in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Want to move on to Trump in Iowa? Yes, Trump is leading in all the polls in Iowa. He's beating Bernie Sanders. He's beating Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, Pete Buttigieg. I want to make sure <laughs> to get that right. And then even Bloomberg. This is a poll that he was losing literally in October. This is a New York Times poll. Wow. Yeah, so, that's great. <laughs> so it's it's a crazy time because you think the impeachment would be hurting. He'd probably be in the 30s. Maybe the twenties. He he should be impeached. Like this is what people are saying. This is what our news is is saying. But I think most Democrats and Republicans want this to be over. Yeah, Americans are tired of this controversy. I think, and and even though there's plenty of people who really dislike President Trump in in the country right now, there's still a general consensus amongst the American people that we want stability and we don't like um, all this political drama going on and. And yeah, it, it seems to be reflected by Trump doing well uh, in national polling and then certainly in Iowa, which is a key state for him. Yeah, the Iowa caucus is on Monday. So it's a big push to get this impeachment stuff done today. I know there's a vote coming up on that, and that's just for bringing witnesses in. And it looks like unless we have tons of Republicans turncoat to the other side, we don't really see this impeachment going anywhere. This thing could be done as soon as today if those witnesses don't get approved. I think people want to get back on the campaign trail. You got Bernie Sanders who are getting stuck in Washington through this impeachment trial. And people want to be out on the campaign trail making making moves for the election. They got an election to try to win. Um, we're not supporting Bernie Sanders by any means, but this is a both sides issue. Like we're losing losing time. We're losing things that could be getting done in Congress, a movement Trump has to deal with all this stuff while he's trying to do UMCA got signed this week. So many things going on. Yeah, I real quick, I saw a, a small story, you know, Elizabeth Warren also being caught up with impeachment stuff, can't be out on the campaign trail. So her dog was out on the campaign trail in her stead. And um, I would be much happier with her dog as president than her. Yeah, <laughs> she doesn't she doesn't even know who she is. Like she could literally lie just to make things happen. Like she is probably one of the most, I don't even know what you would even call it. It's it, she, she just goes out and makes stuff up. Yeah. She, she's like disingenuous. And, um, I would say like, yeah, we, you know, she's been probably the least honest of the, the major candidates in the DNC to, you know, every time she's asked, how much is your health care plan going to cost? And she'll never give a straight answer. And um, she w- she'll never give a straight answer on whether or not she's going to tax people more, which obviously with her plans, she would tax people more. Um, and like you get people like Bernie Sanders, who, although he's uh, pretty openly a socialist and as he would say, a democratic socialist, uh, he's at least very honest about, yeah, we're going to tax everybody a lot. And I think it'll be better for them. And and I think his um, his being genuine is probably why he got Joe Rogan's uh, endorsement, which, you know, that was obviously controversial because 
a guy like Joe Rogan who has on Ben Shapiro and says that men are men and women are women, he must be a controversial figure. And so he can't support a, a Bernie Sanders. Anyway, that was a little bit of a rant. But um, yeah, pretty interesting on uh, the Democrat candidates who are left. No surprise why Trump is doing well in Iowa when you consider which Democrats are, are running. It's, it's crazy. He's literally going everywhere. He's going to New Jersey, a blue state that Hillary Clinton won in 2016, 55% of the vote. Trump's going in there, and he's pulling in thousands upon thousands of people coming out to his rallies. Joe Biden did an event in Iowa this week, too. <laughs> he pulled 275 people. Yeah, and he told them not to vote for him, right? Yeah, literally told them. We'll be pulling up that clip a little later in the show. It's a great clip. He's literally, if you don't, don't like what he's doing, he's literally just saying, don't vote for me. Go vote for Trump. <laughs> wow. I've never seen a, a candidate really do that. Just, oh, just go vote for the opposition. Like, that's a good way to win an election. <laughs> yeah. That. Oh, my gosh. Pretty funny stuff. Yeah. And even um, as crazy as um, Reuters put out a poll this morning, Elizabeth Warren, Bloomberg passing her in some of the polling data. Oh, wow. So it's it's crazy. Elizabeth Warren, I think the biggest thing for Democrat candidates now is they don't stay in their own lane. Mm -hmm. They literally go with the move and the flow. Okay, Twitter, let's see what's what's trending. Oh, I'm going to talk about this. And they all sound the same, even in the debates. You saw it in the debates. It's, oh, we can throw more free stuff at people and do all these different things. No, that's not the way you do things. That's why I kind of liked Andrew Yang. Like He at least seemed to ha be having his own ideas. I wouldn't want him as our president, of course, but like he seemed like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be a little bit different than everybody else. And uh he didn't do very well in that in the election. So there, there's a general move. Everything's moving towards the left, and um, and yeah, if you're not on that train and you're a Democrat, you're being left behind. And and I think this is maybe a wake up call for the more moderate Democrats in America to go like, yeah, sure, I maybe like some more social goods and higher tax rates, but um, you know, maybe not okay with abortion up to the point of birth and okay with uh, Medicare for all and absolutely no uh, gun rights and, and limits on free speech. Like I know plenty of people who are Democrats who are not okay with those things. And, and this is maybe a bit of a gut check for, uh, for those people to be like, is this really the party that I want to be a part of? Uh, maybe there's ways to reform the Democrat party from within. So yeah. Uh, it's, it's not the same Democratic party of JFK by any means. No way. It's yeah. far left and people are now wondering, okay, my candidates that are leading the polls are all socialists. I don't agree with that. Mm -hmm. And it's and I think it's going to hurt them. And then of course you have the impeachment trial hurting their case. Trump improving in the polls since it started. Trump's going to probably win in a landslide if they keep going this way. They don't really have a candidate to beat Trump. They're trying to get him impeached, which it's not going well for him. And I could see maybe even possibly if Trump gets elected and they somehow get a majority in the Senate that they try to even impeach him immediately after he's elected president again in 2020. And I don't really I don't know what is their platform. Yeah, it's, it's socialism, essentially. And I think, you know, Ben Shapiro has been saying this since maybe 2017, 2018, that if the Democrats are in the news, which they have been recently uh, with uh, the primaries going on. Then Democrat, then the uh, 2020 election will be a referendum on Democrats because generally people aren't for that. If Trump is in the news, as he had been at different points throughout his presidency so far, it's 
likely to be a referendum on Trump. So whoever is really centered in the news, and it's weird to think that a president could be currently being impeached and not being the centerpiece of the news, um, that, yeah, that's the way uh, the election's going to swing. So hopefully, for our sake, it continues to be a further progression to the left by the Democrat candidates. I can't see them winning if that is the case. I certainly hope that couldn't be the case, but, you know, uh, we'll have to see in 2020 or, or in November. We still got a lot of months ahead. We still got debates. We still got a lot of things coming up in the election cycle before we even get there. And I think it's going to be it's going to be interesting because Trump's still rallying. He's pulling in 7000 people like filling these people the Drake University mm-hmm. in Iowa. He's filling all these things up and and Joe Biden's barely filling up a room of 275 people. Yeah. And that's a lot of people, like, if you really think about it, like, oh, 275. But then you're thinking 7,000 people. It's mind-blowing. Yeah. And which group would you rather be a part of? Like, you know, you've talked about if there's a, a local Trump rally, like, even if it was, like, in Nevada or something, we'd go drive and, and just get to be a part of it to support the president. And, yeah. Yeah. I could see him coming to the Central Valley. I'd love that. I think it'd be, he came to Fresno the last election cycle. Mm-hmm. And that was at a time when people were like, Trump, oh, no chance. Right. Even know, even the Republicans. It's literally the polling data. Hillary Clinton's going to win the election. Yeah. It didn't happen. And I think a lot of people always forget we got our Midwest. People forget about our silent majority. People don't show up unless Donald Trump's on the ticket. Mm-hmm. And you see it even when he campaigns in states of Republicans, usually those candidates do well. Yep, because people want somebody that Donald Trump supports, and people love having less restrictions and tax cuts and things that allow our economy to grow. There's more jobs now than any time before. There's more people working than any time before. Unemployment's at an all-time low, three point nine percent. It's a good time to be an American, like we said last week and the week before. It's a good time. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, do you happen to have that sound clip from Joe Biden? Do you want to pull that up? Or Yeah, I'll pull that up. Uh, sound clip number 28. We'll get that queued up real quick. But yeah, I just it's going to be a crazy election cycle, I think. And I don't know. Who do you think is the, the clear front runner? Like last week, we thought, oh, maybe Joe Biden might come out and be the front runner. But then this week, it's like, I don't know. Maybe maybe Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Maybe Hillary Clinton. She came out this week <laughs> and talked about maybe running. She's like, I might have to run against Trump again. Yeah, well, I think we know how that would turn out. Um, but yeah, I, I could see maybe a Bernie Sanders nominee. Um, yeah, it's really hard to say at this point. There's, you know, Biden's been at the front since he entered the race, um, but has been slowly uh, falling off throughout the, his time. So, you know, it seems like it won't be Elizabeth Warren. I think it yeah, it certainly could be uh, Joe Biden or Bernie Sanders. It'd be interesting if Hillary did uh, jump back in the race. But yeah, it, it's just really hard to say at this point. Yeah, so we have that sound clip, number 28, Joe Biden telling people not to vote for him. <laughs> running for, in this case, running for president of the United States, look me over. If you like what you see, help out. If not, vote for the other person. Over the first eight years, three million people in the world deported. 
and separated from their family. Yeah. We had this classification of families. You should vote for Trump. I'm telling you, go vote for Trump. I'm not going to do that. What are we going to do about climate change? Now, you say, you say you're against pipelines, but then you want to replace these gas lines. That's not going to work. We, we, we got to stop building and replacing pipelines. You go vote for someone else. Well, I tell you what, if you look at my record and you still doubt about my commitment, then you should vote for somebody else. I'd love to make sure we don't use any oil or gas. Now, now, is it possible? Yes. Well, you ought to vote for somebody else. Well, I knew you were, man. You think I thought you'd stand up and vote for me? Crazy. Wow. Just literally telling people not to vote for him. Literally, go support Trump. Literally, anybody else. If you don't like what I'm saying, go vote for somebody else. That's a way to win over a coalition of, of supporters, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you would think, you know, it. And I'm not trying to get into to politics myself, but I would think that if you have some people who are on the fence and are asking you some hard questions, you're going to do uh, things to try to find some compromise and win over people who may not be immediately on your side. But to just go be like, yeah, vote for the other person. That's going to work. Like, that's not how you win elections. Yeah, and it's crazy because they asked him last night, Joe Biden, are you Democrat? And what makes you different than other candidates? Well, he didn't ask. He asked what if like what the big difference between him and Bernie Sanders is. I'm a Democrat. And and he said, what's the big difference between Bernie Sanders? And he's all he's not. So. And I mean, we certainly agree with that. Bernie seems to be very clearly a, a socialist borderline communist. Like um, I would probably prefer if, if there was maybe a centrist Democrat party and and then another far left party uh, that I don't think would do very well in the United States. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's cer certainly weird to, to be like, don't vote for me or, or go vote for somebody else. You should. I don't know if you saw this this week. Also, he talked about maybe having Michelle Obama be his VP. I did see that. And then possibly Barack Obama to the Supreme Court. That would be interesting. That would, I mean, I, I kind of always assumed that the Supreme Court was supposed to be not a partisan uh, office and to have somebody who served as a partisan president uh, would be um, an interesting move, to say the least. Yeah, I think that'd be really interesting. And he said that at a campaign stop um, this week. And, and that was that was also in Iowa in front of this 275 people. And he said, I sure would like Michelle Obama to be vice president. And he talked about even Barack Obama to the Supreme Court. He's all, I think he would be a great Supreme Court justice. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. Hey, before we move too far off of uh, election stuff, I just wanted to show you the socks that I'm wearing. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've got on the Trump 2020 socks. And so, uh, you know where I lie on that issue. <laughs> yep. It's it's crazy. I think, I don't know, we might get a, a Joe Biden. We might get a Hillary Clinton. I don't know what we're going to get from that party. It's, it's a big question mark. But... As we always say, right, Chan, Trump 2020, he's bringing back jobs. He's doing big things and America is going in the right direction. Absolutely. Yeah, it's great to see. Um, what's next in the news cycle? What do we want to hit next? So we have a new thing called the Inouye Solar Telescope. So this is supposed to collect more about the sun in its first five years than it did Galileo in 1612. This is a new big thing here in the United States, and 
and it's it's crazy. It's literally it's making strides for science and and new things like this are are happening here in the United States. It's and you got new things like space force is now taking off and there's now jobs. Yeah, I have the link right here. If if you go to usajobs.gov, that's where you can apply to uh, to work for Space Force. Uh, that would be pretty cool. <laughs> yep, right out of Arlington, Virginia, you got you can literally be military personnel and you can be working for human resources. These are like legit positions. These are full time, permanent, hundred thousand dollar a year positions. It's crazy, you know. And it makes sense too. Like when Trump first announced that he was uh, considering the creation of a space force, I was like, man, this is just another thing to get attention, and it doesn't seem very necessary. But when you think about it, that if you do have control of you know, if you if you're a, a military analyst, you always want to look for the high ground, right? If you're in a, a hilly area, you want to be on top of the hill you, in most circumstances. Well, in large scales war, what's the highest ground? It's being in outer space, and so to uh, to be able to set up a space force and take control of that high ground, it's such a great move and. Even though there there might be a large cost associated with it, it seems to be in America's best interest to protect uh, our country. Yep, I know we might have Star Wars. <laughs> if we only had Seth here, he would be. Ah, uh, yes, he'd be talking all about Star Wars, but not actual Star Wars like we might <laughs> actually have. So crazy. Let's move on to some news here in Fresno. Um, sad loss last weekend, Kobe Bryant dying in a helicopter crash. Um, that was one thing that really shook me this last week. And it took me a few days to kind of like feel better about everything that happened. It was, it kind of was really nauseating um, seeing the news. I didn't believe it. And then I flicked on the TV and was, was in shock. It's crazy. Um, but on a lighter note, they are doing a tribute here in Fresno on Blackstone and Grant. They're doing a mural this guy named Omar Huerta, they call him Omar Super Huerta, and he's doing a mural for Kobe and his daughter Gigi, and it's in its work. And there was 100 people out yesterday watching him start doing the design for this mural. Yeah, I, I love to hear that. Kobe obviously was a sports hero and uh, was um, quite a star for a long time uh, you know, playing for the Lakers, it's pretty crazy that uh, just at uh, the day before he passed away, that LeBron passed up uh, one of his records. Do you know which record that is? I, I, um, it was most points scored, I believe. Okay, yeah, and, and like, you know, really just tragic that that we lose Kobe, but to um, have the Fresno community come out and and do something in memory of him. Obviously, the Los Angeles community was hit most uh, by that with him being at the Lakers. Um, and yeah, it, definitely a tragedy. But it seems uh, that if it's bringing the community together, there's uh, a little bit of a silver lining there, at least. Yeah, I know a lot of people were trying to sell tickets to the Lakers game. They actually canceled. And a lot of people were, were trying to take advantage of Kobe's death and trying to upsell tickets. And that's just not a good thing to do. And and it's just remembering a great and what he brought to the table. This guy was literally spent hours and hours in the gym before games and work, putting that work in, and the results paid off. He's one of the greatest basketball players of all time, and I know he's going to be probably inducted in the Hall of Fame later this year. 
mm-hmm. with Tim Duncan and others. And yeah, it's just one of those, one of those people that, that was just special and it affected a lot of people, sports fans and um, others alike. Yeah, absolutely. Um, can we move on to uh, Trump's plan in the Middle East real quick? Yeah, Chandler, if you want to take that. Yeah. Um, so President Trump or the Trump administration, along with uh, Israel's prime minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, released on um, January 28th a plan for a uh, two-state solution in Israel, Palestine. And, you know, we, we're pretty sure that there won't be any sort of agreement by the Palestinians because they, are, they won't be content with anything other than the complete destruction of a Jewish state. But it is certainly good news to see that Trump is still doing things to back Israel I know uh, this plan includes all of Jerusalem being uh, kept as um, Israeli, uh, as the true Israeli capital. And yeah, it involves some land swapping a little bit and um, some small changes. But yeah, overall, I think we can assume that nothing's going to happen. I have up here uh, a quote from Dennis Prager or an idea from Dennis Prager that says if the Jews said that they would fight no more, and this is throughout history, not just related to um, this particular peace plan, but if the Jews were to say that they'd fight no more, they'd be utterly destroyed by the Palestinians and the Arabs in in the area. Now, if the Palestinians said that they'd fight no more, immediately there would be a Palestinian state. And I think that just goes to show that uh, the Israelis have always been fighting defensive wars and that Really, it's just a shame that the um, Muslim countries and the the Palestinians are not willing to negotiate for peace and be willing to have peace in that area. There's this deep anti-Semitism that's veiled as anti-Zionism going on in Israel. And yeah, it's just a a shame to see that because that's certainly one of the the bloodiest areas of the world at this point. And um, I know Israel would love nothing uh, more than peace and Palestine would love nothing more than the complete destruction of the Jewish state. So um, hopefully there's further negotiation with Trump's peace plan, but I'm not terribly optimistic. So yeah. Any thoughts on that, Matt? Um, we'll have to get some of those closing thoughts in closing corner. Um, we're going to have to take a quick break. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back. It is closing corner. Chan, we got some stuff. What are your thoughts? Yeah. So, um, you know, as we have been closing with something more of like a, um, a religious or cultural uh, topic, maybe a little less political um, or hopefully a little less political um, than the rest of the show. I've been reading the book Democracy in America by Alexis de Tocqueville. Um, and this is a guy who he traveled to America in uh, the early 1800s or mid 1800s uh, just to observe how democracy was playing out from a French perspective. And, you know, a lot of his insights are really uh, prophetic isn't necessarily the right word, but he, he had really good insights on the United States. And there's this one quote out of the first part, the fourth 
little sub chapter of uh, part one of democracy in America that I wanted to pull out. And here it goes. Hence arises the maxim that everyone is the best and sole judge of his own private interest and that society has no right to control a man's actions unless they are prejudicial to the common wheel or unless the common wheel demands his help. Uh, and wheel there just meaning like welfare or prosperity. Uh, and I really like this quote because I think in, in a way it plays back to what we were talking about, nationalism earlier, nationalism versus globalism, and also socialism versus capitalism. So when you have a local government, small government, like de Tocqueville is talking about, where every man is the best and sole judge of his own private interest, I think you see a lot more individual prosperity and general prosperity as well, because there's a, a small reliance on outside forces to benefit you as a person. Uh, we mentioned this a little bit last week, and just talking about how anytime you give large government control of something, or even a large company that controls something that you believe um, you can now let go of your own private interests, it's a dangerous move because, you know, if I were to all of a sudden start running Matt's life, I don't know everything that Matt needs uh, throughout the day. You know, I, I might say, oh, yeah, I'm going to make sure you have enough food for 2,000 calories, but that thrower's diet needs a lot more than 2,000 calories. Yes, sir. <laughs> and, um, you know, other, other things like that where each person knows themselves best and should be the one uh, most in charge of their own goings on. Likewise, each state knows what's best for itself as a collective rather than an entire nation. Each nation knows for itself better than the, the globe and so on. And I think that's just something that we should keep in mind as uh, we see candidates like Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren who are, are pushing very collectivist mindsets that yeah, be in charge of yourself, take some ownership and some responsibility of your own life, and that will be in your best interest. Matt, any thoughts on that? I know I, um, I ranted for a little while. No, I just found another Tocqueville quote I thought would be very well like with what you were saying. Sure, is, yeah. He says, democracy and socialism have nothing in common but one word, equality. But notice the difference. While democracy seeks equality and liberty, socialism seeks um, equality in restraint and servitude. Yeah. So, and it's just looking at the movements across the world. People want freedom, liberty, independence. And like you said, you can't run my life as I can't run your life. I can be like, oh yeah, Chan. Chan needs probably three, 4,000 calories. But even as a runner, that probably would make work. But in, in that perspective of how do I know what's best for somebody else? Mm-hmm. Like it's not everybody, it's equality. And then like he says, restraint, that's what socialism is. And you lose a little bit of control and, and it may start with, oh, I might lose something like a gun right. Maybe we lose certain things. And it starts with that. It sets the president for many things up the road. The government wants control and that's what the Democrat party is doing. So socialism shouldn't be taken lightly at all. This is something in America that there's been an uprising and this is this could spell trouble in the future if we don't put this down now. Mm -hmm. So I just think I love the closing segment and being able to have the ability to talk about the fundamentals that America was founded on and just being two conservative guys in college 
or we are a minority at on a college campus. It's kind of crazy to think about that. Yeah, I, and like this is a book that, in my opinion, everybody should have to read. Uh, you know, in like a conventional education, and I don't even think it was mentioned once to me throughout college or high school. Uh, actually a little bit in elementary school, I, I went to a, a conservative Christian elementary school and uh, there were quotes pulled out of democracy in America in uh, our history curriculum, I think. But yeah, there's, there needs to be a greater push to at least look at conservative values. Not everybody's going to choose conservative values and that's their prerogative. But yeah, to, to be at a, a college and be in such a minority as conservative students. And I know that if you're a, a fellow conservative college student or high school student listening to this, you feel our pain. And, um, you know, it, it would be really great, though, if uh, curriculums, you know, we have to take a lot of times like a sociology where you look at a lot of uh, intersectionality and left-leaning ideas. It would be good to have a balance where you also look at some of the classic literature maybe a, a mandated look at the constitution and the declaration of independence. I think that would be a great idea. It seems like Hillsdale college, they do a lot of those things. Great conservative college. Grad school. Yeah. I, I think uh, Matt might end up there for grad school. So hey, Chan, you talked about it. The Matt Chan show goes to Hillsdale. Hmm. All right. Well, I'll, I'll have to keep that idea open. I don't think they have any sort of, uh, research and kinesiology going on at Hillsdale, but I'll, I'll keep an open mind to it. Hey, I know we're doing politics, man. I know you could, that could be something you go into. You never know. So I know you're kinesiology, but Hey, keep the, keep it as an open. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I mean, I love doing this. I love sitting down across from you to, uh, to talk politics and yeah, it's been a really great idea to have this podcast. Yeah. And it's crazy. Cause you were talking about schools and uh, education and just seeing even today, um, that, Students are having to be forced to watch CNN, that good morning news in the morning, and not offering other perspectives. I know CJ Pearson on Twitter, he's one of the young, great conservative minds of our generation, and he's only graduating high school, and he literally asks one of his teachers in science if he could maybe see a conservative perspective of one of the viewpoints that they were watching in class, and she said, oh, well, there's no conservative viewpoint on, on climate change. That's ridiculous. And, but, but that's the world that we live in and that's the educational climate that we're in. Um, yeah, it, it's really sad. Yeah. And it's, and it's just offering different sides and opinions. A lot of people think, Oh, you're conservative, you're liberal. You only believe that one viewpoint, but it's educating people on both sides and having a good understanding of, Hey, this is what I believe. And like we talked about last episode and in your fundamentals that you do believe in and fighting for what you believe in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just, I think it's always good just to have, I know we were talking about socialism and different thing. Thomas Jefferson, most bad government has grown out of too much government. Yep. Well said by, by the great Thomas Jefferson. So yeah. yeah. Well, on the lighter note, I don't know. Elon Musk dropped a track last night that he did. Yes. It says it's called don't doubt your vibe. He dropped it on emoji records. So if you don't know Elon Musk, SpaceX, Tesla CEO, a yes. pure product of capitalism and Western society. You would not see a Elon Musk come out of a socialist society. Yeah, his album cover has his Tesla truck. 
I just want to drive that. I think I just think it looks cool. <laughs> I can't. I can't wait to see one on the road. I know it's coming. It, it, yeah, that'll be a great day. But until then, we have a new hit from Elon Musk. We'll let you guys go out to this. We'll see you next week. The Matt and Chan Show Fridays at eight thirty in the morning. Thanks for listening, guys.